Welcome to the second podcast of pre-season. Uh, it's just myself and Paul this evening. Adam is elsewhere, but we do have a special guest joining us. None other than Latics retail manager, the guy in the club shop, Sam Swanee-Swanton. How are you doing, Sam? Yes, good. Just got out of the shop from getting all the shirts ready for, for tomorrow morning. But no, all very good, very good. Are you well, Paul? Yeah, good. I, <clears throat> I made it last night. So, yeah, when we get onto that, I'll uh, put some notes. Yeah, well, I watched it as well. So, I know Sam did. So, we can have a discussion about the game. Before we get into it, Sam, just give us a little bit of background of yourself and where you've come from. Because, obviously, you're not a Wigan lad. <laughs> well, I feel like I've been here three years now. So, I feel like I'm picking up on little phrases and terms. I feel like I've got a little book of sayings I've picked up since I moved up here. Now, I worked for MK Dons for, for four or five years. And then the opportunity came to move up here when uh, the club bought retail in-house from DW Sports. So we took over from the, uh, well, the start of the KBA, the administration season. We're just going into our fourth season now. Moved up, love it. Nice and cheap. Food's good. Pies are good. Beer's cheap. Beer's good. <laughs> I've actually just bought my first house with my girlfriend who I've met up here as well. So firm, very very firmly on the ground up here as well. So, um, no, can't complain. Love it. Love every moment since I moved up here, so it's all good. So, you, we can refer to you as being Northern now. You like pies and beer? You're yeah, you like a I made the mistake of um, offering my, my Bethnal Green East End London granddad, who's 90 years old, I offered him a brew, which didn't go down well. But there are certain phrases which I've had to get used to. Cracking flags was a was a was my first one that was a friend and there's been quite a few ever since which um which i've unfortunately taken on board but i haven't got the accent yet all right well it's coming it's coming but you mentioned the club uh the, the kits are going on sale tomorrow first things first what a kit i know paul says it's got a badge on the front a number on the back what do you want but but there's a little bit more to this one isn't it it's it's different it is um and I think, uh, uh, as I was kind of saying before, that there's going to be a lot more transparency with with the reasoning behind the shirt in the next coming days. The away kit, which has been kind of rumoured about until I was doing a couple of tweets about it, you know, it, it's going to be based on, obviously, previous kits that we've done and it will be very popular, which kind of allowed me to have a bit more of a, bit, uh, bit more of a play on the home shirt. And I'm very aware that there is a heritage of blue and white stripes, which when people see it in the flesh from tomorrow morning, they'll see that the stripe element is still there. The blue and white is still there. Yeah, it was always going to be bold. Kits every year have have people who like, people who don't like. It happens every season. No one's ever going to like every kit. Sometimes you have to go a bit bold. And the away kit allows me to do it this season. Just just before we bring Paul in, it, it's, uh, it's not too dissimilar to a couple of kits from during the seasons that I can recall. There was one back when we used to play Back at Springfield Park, which was uh, one of the kits sponsored by Heinz, that had a predominantly white top. So it was like a, it had a slash going across uh, like a quarter. Uh, yeah. It was white at the top and blue at the bottom. So it's not too dissimilar from that. And then one I always uh, seem to recall Emil SK wearing, uh, which had like a, a bit of a blue at the top, a blue band across the, uh, sorry, a white band across the top as well. Mm. So it, it, it's keeping with that. And we've still got the stripes as well, haven't you? Because you've got the, the, the dirt blue. And then the yeah. light blue. Yes, uh, but yeah. So the, the main thing for me was the, was the blue and white. Now for me, when I moved up here, it was obviously we had the kit which was to pin the white and blue pinstripes with the green sleeve. Now to me, being a working for Wigan, being an outsider, effectively coming in, I didn't understand green until I realised that it was Dave Whelan that bought the green in the mid nineties. That was my reasoning for taking it off to go back to blue and white stripes. Not. For any reason, and obviously Dave has done absolute wonders and the club wouldn't be where it is now without him. 
but it was almost like it, there's a new era now and it was, that was the reason behind it so and we've had the same home shirt two different sponsors but the same home shirt for two years so if there's ever a time to go a little bit different and and, and work on the design and go a bit more daring and actually have a shirt that you can see the numbers on which I think is which is ideal I thought this year was probably better than ever really yeah I think you know Paul Kendrick mentioned something about that last night and again yeah. this morning that you know, it, numbers filth, he called it, because he can actually see the numbers. Paul, I know your take on, on the shirts are slightly different than, than perhaps mine is. What's your comment on it? Um, I think, yeah, absolutely agree on the numbers, especially early on in the season. I mean, it doesn't affect us too much this year because we've not got that many new faces in. But when you've got plenty of new faces in, being able to read the numbers is, you know, mm. it's massive. You, can, you, you know who you're looking at. It, for me, it's a bit reminiscent of continental shirts. I remember I thought there was a Barcelona one of a sort of one colour at the top that fades into another at the bottom, or World Cup shirts. That's the other sort of thing that it's reminiscent of for me. And you know, it, it's blue and white. It's got a badge on. Jobs are good, and you know, it's. Um, I, I I like it. As we said, it's just, I, and and I'm not that that bothered about shirts. You know, as as you've alluded to, and as I'm probably coming across. But yeah, I mean, it's all right. It's fine. It works. I tell you what, what I like about it, and it's just a, a little touch. It's the blue collar on the white. When, when you actually see it in the flesh, you know, where the players were in it, it, it sets it off that little bit more. You think, wow, it is something that people can buy and wear knocking around in as well, isn't it? Because it's got like a like a bit. I'm, I'm getting carried away here about a football shirt, but but that's how I feel about it. I, I really genuinely do love it. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing now with shirts. I mean, as I said before, what I've, we've already started designing the 23-24s kit. So, you know, there's a lot of people that come in the shop and they say, when you know, when we just, when Shrewsbury was done and people come in and say, you know, it's, it's the same as every year and people have, will have no idea. So, you know, oh, do you shut now and do you design the kit now? And it's like, no, you know, this starts. So we started now, we, we usually would probably submit the designs probably around... Um, November time to fit the slot in in the factory. Then go to Germany, the Puma headquarters in Germany, which is Adidas. They then agree whether they can actually do the kit in terms of their colorways, the pantones, the stitching, the collared cuff, the hems, can they do the different bits that we have to add in. And then once that's signed off, then it goes to the factory in Vietnam for mass rollout. So the earlier you get in, the earlier slot you get. And then usually it arrives late May, early June, which is why some teams can play in the last game of the season if they get in there early enough. And then some teams normally kind of turn around in July, um, June, July. So, so yeah, it is a long, drawn-out process. It's one that is really seriously taken. This isn't just a thing where Puma say, here's a design, and then you go, yeah, fine. This is a constant to, you know, back and forth, back and forth. Um, every club has different different ways of doing it. Some some people just let chief exec sort it. Some let the board do it. Some let some bring in the managers for their, you know, their, their opinions. So... But the club, obviously, Latics now, with me and Mal work very closely together with it. Um, Liam has involvement as well. There's no point in designing a kit if it turns up in June and he hates it. So um, we buy nice and bright goalkeeper kit colours because that's what Liam likes. So, yeah, there's a lot of thought process that goes into the kits. The, the sponsor's logo, I mean, we've not got a sponsor as such this year, have we? We're actually, uh, I think it's, it's, it's a brilliant gesture by the club and brilliant initiative to, to partner up with the Big Elk project. Their emblem sits so proudly on the front of that shirt and it, it sets it off. It's better than seeing one, two, better or whatever. It, it's yeah. fantastic and it, it works. 
So sponsors make shirts. How, how many shirts do you know that people refer to old shirts by, you know, I'm, I'm an Arsenal fan by trade, not, not so much anymore since I moved up here, I've got no reason to. But, you know, you refer to the Dreamcast shirt, the JVC shirt, and, you know, as you said earlier, the Heinz shirt. So when you get the, when you get the, the, the emblem right, you can really make a kit. You know, you're talking about the, the thought that's gone into the design, the thought that went into the marketing campaign, the release campaign, that deserves a lot of credit, putting the, the wives, the girlfriends and, and, and the kids in there. You know, that just portrays the image of the family club, doesn't it? Max Powers lad was running around in front of the stands yesterday in his, in his kit, and I, I sort of pointed at him and said to him, oh, why's that kid got his new kit so quickly? And then yeah. she's like, she's like, look to me as well. That's why I didn't realise who it was. Yeah. <laughs> I did say there's part of their routine that they normally come in the shop before the game and have a chance and like, you're going to get me in trouble tonight because you've got the kits on and no one else has. But no, it's, the, the idea was kind of brought up by, by um, Ash and I. It was the idea that this year, as, a, as different, we will have every every kit, that, well, home and away, sorry, will be available in toddler, youth, adult and ladies. It's going to be available to anyone and everyone in whatever fit you want. So that was kind of the idea behind it, really. And then Ash kind of mentioned, well, why didn't we get the players involved? And I just didn't think with going up to Spain and them going on their holidays, I just didn't think that they'd be available, but Ash made that happen. So it just came together really, really nicely. The pictures came up, um, came out so well and the kids, the kids were great and the players were even better. So, um, no, it, it, came, it gave us some really nice shots. Yeah, there's some nice, nice comments from the, the players' wives and families as well, saying how much they enjoyed it and what a club it is and... You can see that they love being here, can't you? The, the families, you know, they love the club, and it's and it's great to see. Like Paul says, fantastic that that promo. Uh, it, it tugged up the heartstrings. It was brilliant. It's something that you know, I don't know. It's nice put time. Got to be careful, really. But you know, when you work for a club like MK Dons, the club has always struggled with being, you know, with its history, recent history, and it was a lot of people's second club. Uh, a lot of people would move to Milton Keynes, where Arsenal fans, and they were in the in their city so they would support them whereas up here it, it was for, I had to realise very very quickly that you know I'd never seen but Martin one or two people with them kid on tattoos whereas here you see them every week and I know so many people whose granddads or whose parents or relatives have paid, paid for the club including my assistant manager Emma her granddad paid for the club so it's very well documented that it's very family orientated family run and you can tell you know, people always go on about the attendances and it just it just drives me around the bend. But I'd rather have quality over quantity any day of the week. So let's get down to the nitty gritty. So them doors are going to open tomorrow and there's going to be everybody's going to be it's going to be mad. It's going to be mad. Yeah. Have you got all stocks sorted? Are they on the pegs now, ready for for? Yeah, people? so we've got all apart from the, the so all of our apart from the toddler kits. And then we had a bit of a hiccup. Well, it's not a hiccup. They just. That's a rush through the ones that were going to be the most popular. And then the, the toddler kits will arrive probably Saturday, worst thing Monday. Um, but we have all the youth shirt, short socks, the adults, the ladies, um, fit shirts. Um, they're all in stock. They're all ready. Now, the good thing is, well, there's a bit of a bit of sweet about the numbers. Obviously, the font has changed. I'm sure you're aware, but the font on the back of the shirts changed. It tends to be every two years. So now it's gone from mine to the British Red Cross. So there are two types of white number on the back. You can have just plain white, so you can have white with a black background to help with the colour blindness. So we've gone, right, well, if our numbers haven't been seen for two years, let's go all out and do not just white, but white with colourblind black outline, which the supplier has now run out of. <laughs> um, so, we have got, so we have got all the letters and we're getting everything by 
possibly Friday. So we are launching tomorrow, but we always say to not get players' numbers until they're confirmed. Players love to chop and change. McLean, obviously, he's taken 11. That was a kind of good guess that. But yeah, so tomorrow at 10 will be, will be fun. I'm looking forward to having our first proper kit launch in three years, realistically. That's a good point, that, Sam, because it, it is, isn't it? Because, because of lockdown and everything else that, that's mm-hmm. happened. It is. It's, uh, it's like Christmas Day, but yeah. you've waited three, three years for it. Christmas Day in July with no aircon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, the, the first year, that came to eight years. That was, I inherited the DW design. Um, so I inherited their order. So I had nothing to do with that one. And then the following year, obviously, we're in administration and the home kit didn't come out until September. So we were fighting tooth and nail with the administrators just to get just a handful of stock just to sell, and we eventually did. And then the following year, we ran with the same home shirt with a new away kit, and that went out in August. So it's been, it's been nice to finally go to a photo shoot and get it done properly and have it marketed the way we want to on our terms and not someone else's. Yeah, so people, people, people think it, it was late coming out, but it's actually the earliest we've launched a kit in four years. Pricing? Are we priced competitively, would you say, with, you know, with other clubs? Yeah, we 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 were. Um, we did. A, I, I did a lot of analysis in that because of the pricing. I'm, I'm very very aware that of what's going on in the world at the moment, and there have been some horror stories this season with with prices going up. MK Don's namely has gone up by fifteen pound. Yeah, so ours ours have gone up, but it's by two quid. We did look at a couple of things um, where could we go higher? Could we not? Could we keep it the same? The price of the shirt has actually gone up um, by a lot more than two pound. But I didn't want to reflect that in the shirt because, you know, it's not like the noughties anymore. Shirts don't last for two or three years. Um, so I'm, whilst I'm mindful of that, um, we have to also go, go on with the times and things get more expensive. So, but, um, yeah, go up So if the adults shirts will be 47, the kids will be 37. Shorts and socks, uh, 22 and 20, and socks will be 12 and 10. Season ticket discounts still applies to normal services, just the, I uh, believe, discount where, where it applies. And- so the discounts are still uh, there? Discount's still there, which which not a lot of clubs do. We, we, we're one of the few that, that allow a season ticket discount, and I think it's a good thing. Yeah, it is. It is. Just, we mentioned before, though, about the uh, about the big elk project, and I was talking to Tom Markham yesterday and, and uh, seeing if he'd come on tonight's podcast, but unfortunately we were busy. He promised to come on in, in the next few weeks and, and give us a chat about it, and he also promised to uh, get somebody from the big elk project to come along and, and, and chat about them and, and, and what they provide for vulnerable people, for homeless people, for people struggling. What, do you know anything about the charity, Sam, at all? Um, I'll be honest, not not as much as Tom. I mean, Tom and the board um, obviously know everything about these guys and um, from what I'm aware, they, um, the board are obviously aware of them, um, which was one of, the reason, one of the reasons why we were just slightly, um, slightly overrun with launching the shirt, just because we just wanted to make sure that everything was done properly and the wording behind the PR story was, was, was done right and to make sure that, you know, it, it got given the recognition that it got. So I do know that they do a lot of good work um, and I do know that they're using us as a really strong platform now in the championship to get their word out there. Um, I think I'll leave it to Tom to, to really go into, into detail with, with what them guys are about. But for me, on a retail sense, it, it looks good on the shirt. It looks even better on the away one, if I'm honest. I do agree, it does look good. The Epic logo did wonders for our shirt this year, just gone. Same shirt, different logo. Good, good story, and it's um, it's nice to to do our bit. Yes, I agree. I agree. So, before we move off from uh, kits and club shops, what's the typical day in the life of a club shop manager? 
<laughs> What's your daily routine? Daily routine. Um, up at half five in the gym at six till seven in the office at half seven. And then you have that time with myself and Lisa who works in hospitality. She normally comes in as well. And we just have our, it's normally just me and her in the morning making the coffees. But um, you do all the emails, you do all the buying, um, all the design for different concepts further on in the year. Different lights bring in, different designs, um, different products, different supplier meetings. Um, the shutter goes off at 10. Um, I'm normally in my little desk on the outside of the corridor. Um, Emma and Andy and the casual staff, um, Sophie, Lauren and Isaac tend to be on the shop floor helping out. And I'm just, you know, we all did our Christmas stuff at the end of July, January, sorry, which, you know, we, we always have to be so ahead of the game with, with COVID and with logistics prices going through the roof and just trying to keep ahead of the game really just you know now we're looking at next year's kit and i've just ordered some lines for spring 2023 when august comes you're looking at next summer christmas comes you're looking at next autumn and it just is constantly you're constantly going looking ahead and looking ahead life's busy normally may and june are are relatively quiet um i've never won the league before me and Mal were laughing and joking the other day because um i've had three i was losing three one I've, I've, i've experienced three relegations and one promotion when MK Dons got promoted to league from League Two to League One, and Mal was just smirking on what he said. Four 0 never been relegated. May May was obviously very busy. June, I got a couple of weeks off, came back, then back into it. So it's not it's not really stopped. Yeah, I think the thing that comes across is how far ahead you're always working. I bet there's not many customers appreciate how how far in front your thinking patterns have to be. A lot of the, we, we get some lovely comments. You know, we, we work with a relatively small unit. Um, we're aware that the space in there, we, we're probably starting to outgrow it a little bit, which is great. I'd much rather be in a space that's too small than too big. But we get some lovely comments. And I think it's, it's nothing, nothing against DW. They obviously have a lot more different lines to run and to, you know, they had all their trainers and other lines that they had to do. And when I moved up here, I looked and Wigan Athletic was just kind of in the corner and that's where it was and that's where it stayed. And it was training replica and a couple of scars and off you go. Whereas now, you know, Mal allows myself and Emma to, to really go and within reason, you know, explore different things. And, you know, the beers are a great example. We've had good fun with them. The Latham's collaboration that I did in September was another bit of a cool quirky one. It's never going to make a lot of money, but it's just it's just trying different things. Then the Christmas lines got coming in are great. I'm really looking forward to them coming out as well. Another crusty, which I will say, um, a new edition of Crusty will be coming out as well. He's he's what we don't what we do with him, I really enjoy kind of creating this marketing piece around him. So we're, we're just trying to be different. We just we know we're never going to be the biggest retail offering in, in the league, but we just want to be the club that's always doing something things a bit different. We've talked a little bit about kits and retails and all the rest of it, but I think a lot of people are interested in what goes on the, on the field of play. And last night we had a game on Tuesday evening. Liverpool were in town, or Liverpool's kids. It was, a, I thought, a very entertaining game of football. Latics run out 6-0 winners. I know all three of us have seen the game. Who was your standout players? Sam, who stood out for you? Um, I, th- I thought they all looked I thought, I, I thought, um, I can't think did well up top. I thought they were really behind the ball up. Um, I thought the back five were relatively un- untested throughout large parts of the game. Um, I thought Tendai looked sharp on the right. I thought Tom Pierce had a blinder. But no, I thought it was just a really good, solid, very warm pre-season game. Paul, I know you're going to say no, but go on. You do know, because I told you last night. Yeah, for me, the guy who stood out in the first half was Graham Shinney. Loads of little touches, a lot of work. I, th- I think Tom Pierce as well. 
nobody had a stinker. And I, and I think you look at that, and, and I know there's been a lot of social media comments on, oh, we've not signed anybody, come on, so I'll get your pens out. But that can work to your advantage, can't it? Because you've got a group of lads there who've got promoted, you're bringing in a few kids, one or two more, and it all just gels nicely. And, you know, the same people who are moaning that we didn't sign anybody were the same ones saying, oh, yeah, we, we're doing really well because they, they had plenty of time to gel in pre-season. So it's just, yeah, it was it was a good good day out in the evening sunshine, wasn't it? Yeah, I, th- I thought it was uh, it was great to see Carragher score against Liverpool. So that was brilliant, and uh, they obviously loved it because when, when they were scoring the goals, the lads, it was just like a little slap of an arm, weren't it? And no real celebration. But when he he volleyed that into the back of the net, he's, he's running to the touchline, pumping the air. It was it was really nice to see. I thought Charlie Hughes, who I must say is a friend of the family. I keep saying this, but you know, when you have a friend of the family who plays for Wigan Athletic, you do say it. I thought when he came on, he looked he looked very accomplished. Yeah, what, what more? in the middle, marshalling him. Yeah, he, he did a good job, didn't he, Marshall? Kids. Yeah, and uh, Max Powers delivery again, spot on. Oh, it's a brilliant. Yeah. And Chris C as well. I thought he he hunted that ball down. He was chasing everywhere. I think we've got a good lad there. He's he's one for the future, definitely. Yeah, I th- I, th- I think you're definitely looking at a squad that's in a decent shape already, aren't you? Yeah. I, I mean, you've got to, you've got to kind of bear in mind that you know take the four or five kids that we played. You know, we basically played two teams of professionals against the team of kids. So don't get carried away with the result. But yeah, we we did look quite decent, didn't we? But not only did we change the the players at half time, we changed the formation as well. It turned out a different system in the second half, which was which was very interesting. Yeah. Uh, we're running out of time, but before we do finish, I'd, I'd like to just mention something that I've come across today on YouTube. In June, we signed three, three young lads. Josh... Stones, Luke Brennan, who a lot of people were aware of, Luke, and uh, Yusuf Chantaif, who's come from, it's come from something called Rising Ballers. Now, I've never heard of that before, but it's, it's some sort of, I don't know what it is. I, I, I suggest people have a look on, on the internet for that and, and try and work out what they are. But this is where it's come from. And we signed him along with his, Yusuf. And he's got a, 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 a YouTube video of his his rise to his first professional contract, which he's got with us. Uh, and I don't know if you two are aware of him or not, but I've watched it today and it looks outstanding, <laughs> to be honest. And it's a great story. He's come from, he's, he's from Barnet, so he's not like, you know, he's, he's, he's not, this isn't his neck of the woods. He's got Moroccan descent. He's, he's born in Barnet and he looks a tremendous signing. A young lad, he's joined the under 23s. Yeah, I know he's playing tonight. I know he's playing at Hyde this evening. But I, I'd say I'm, I, I wasn't too aware of him, but, I'm, but I'll certainly look at the video. I think, did you tweet it? Yes, I, I did, yes. Yeah, I, I'll certainly be able to look afterwards, yeah. It's, it's about six minutes long. It's just, it's, it's brilliant. It really is. It's about him chasing his dream. And I think it's a little bit of an inspiration. Whether he goes on to make it or not, it's still the fact that he's got his foot on the first rung of the ladder. And that's the important thing. And it's through grit and determination. And it's a great story. Thanks for joining us, Sam. Really appreciated you coming on, and, and it's been very, very interesting to uh, hear how things go on in the uh, in the retail side. And do you know, I wasn't aware of your involvement in the kit design at all, so that's fascinating. If we ever get a dodgy kit that I don't like, yeah. we've got who to come to? Go to Mal. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, I'll just uh, sign us off with uh, up the ticks and come on up the ticks.